This is where normal comes to die. Mediocrity meets its final demise, and the status quo is unabashedly dismantled. Welcome to Reinvention Radio. Now, here's your host, Steve Olsher. All righty, welcome to another edition here of Reinvention Radio. Steve Olsher hanging out with the lovely Mary Goulet. Hello, Mary Goulet. Hello. Steve, hi. Richie Ote, what's up, baby? Hey, Steve. Hey, Mayor. Whiteway's got it down under control in the studio. Kelly's got it under control back at headquarters and really honored because we've got a special guest joining us in studio. I love our in-studio guest. Like, in-studio is the only way to go. Like, I just, Way more fun. Way it more is. fun. We get to look at you. We get to make faces at you. Your people get to see you because you're Facebook Live in this, and, uh, and even if they want to call in, they can ask questions as well. So, yeah. We're super excited because we got Marisa Murgatroyd hanging out with us, and um, we've been talking about actually having you on the show for a while, and it's nice that you came down all the way from uh, beautiful Marina Del Rey, yeah, made the drive well worth it, yeah? Oh, yeah. Good, 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 good. We'll have some fun here on Reinvention Radio. So we're going to be talking uh, a lot about product creation and how you've been reinventing that and this whole world of online marketing and so on that you're just such an expert in and have been an expert in for uh, for a long time, but I was trying to think about like when did we actually meet? Did we meet at a, at a Jesse and Sharla event? Was that the first time that we met? And you got to get real close to that, Michael. Yeah. Was that the first time that we met? We may have met at either Jesse and Sharla event or a Bill Barron event, but I knew you were the guy who's always lurking in the back of the room trying to get young <laughs> girls to go to nightclubs with you after hours. That's all I remember about you. Wow. 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 Yeah. That's, Going uh, back to your fucking yeah, pickle That's another days. side to you. Yeah, no, that was, so Lena, we've known don't each other, listen. Yeah, so we've known each other then for 35 years because you're talking about, obviously, my DJ days, like way back in the in the mm. nightclub. No, no, I think no. this was your grown adult recently. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. And that's why my wife doesn't listen to the show anymore. Okay, good. Um, but no, it's, um, yes, when I go to a conference and we hang out, I've, and you have not been to a new media summit yet. I have not. So you will have to come at some point soon because, as you will see at, the, at our events, we like to turn our, our business conferences into uh, kind of a nightclub type atmosphere. We've got the LED dance floor. We do a lot of, a lot of line dances, have yeah, a lot of fun. fun. So. Yes. So when I go to business conferences, I I absolutely believe that the most fun is had outside of the conference, and that's how you really get to know people. You can twerk. I can twerk. Exactly. Whoa, yes, that's I, um, too much of a visual. Yeah, and uh, and we'll just leave it at that. So good to see you. How, <laughs> good to see you. How's Murray? Everybody needs a Murray. Murray is Marisa's husband, and um, that is an amazing man right there. Everybody, what does your shirt say? You have a shirt, right? Yeah, I've got what a shirt this? that says "Everybody Needs a Murray" that exactly. I got from my hubby because I tend to be the face and the voice, and he's the unrecognized hero behind the scenes and mm-hmm. so one of our team retreats I surprised him and got everyone this shirt and I even managed to sneak it on him without him knowing that he was wearing it <laughs> you just and said so, hey, how do that yeah. yeah it was it was kind of one of those scenarios he was like can you put a shirt out for me I said sure and I said but it's really cold in the bathroom you better put the sweater on so he wouldn't see himself in the mirror mm-hmm. and before you know it he's wearing a shirt that says everybody needs a Murray and everybody was kind of snickering because he didn't even know he was wearing the shirt oh, and then everybody awesome. else was wearing the shirt too that is so cool see everybody does need a Murray he is oh, yeah. the man uh, behind the scenes, the man in front of the scenes as well. But everybody needs a Murray because as you built your business, do you think you would have been able to get to where you are now without without a Murray? You know, it's impossible to say. So we are definitely the power couple, husband and wife team. Mm-hmm. And I can't imagine doing it without him. But mm-hmm. I definitely would have done some big things on my own. Yeah. And yet having a partner that I can share all of it with 
someone who doesn't just look from the outside and kind of rah, 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 cheerlead me, but from the inside really gets what I do every single day. And yeah. I think that's not something that a lot of husbands and wives get to experience. And maybe a lot of husbands and wives don't want to experience it because mm-hmm. it's full in, like sharing every aspect of our lives together. And there's no hiding out or separation. So yeah. we're just all in in all areas. I think there's actually a term for that now. It's uh, I think it's called copreneur, like couplepreneur, but copreneur. I think there's actually a term for couples that, that work together. Yeah, is that, is that what it's called? Do you know? Have you heard of that? I don't know that if that's one. what it's called. You haven't heard that I've one. heard of Dinks. Dinks? <laughs> yeah, dual income, no kids. Oh, that. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. that's us. That's yeah, like 1980. Income, no, <laughs> so, no, no, it's going strong. It, but I mean, but it, 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 it certainly begs the, the question of, is that cool to be 24-7 like that? I mean, it's got to be really hard to work. And I know he's got his own things going on and you have your own things mm-hmm. within or underneath, shall we say, sort of the umbrella of all the things that you do. But is that is that hard? Do you think it makes it easier or harder to, to, to co-preneur in the way that you guys do? I think it depends on the couple, really, and understanding roles clearly. Because if you're trying to kind of be on each other's terrain and turf, it's not going to work so well. Mm-hmm. But if you really each have complementary skill sets that maybe overlap some, but they're not exactly the same, that I think it can be a great synergy. And of course, understanding how do you keep the romance alive so it's not all about right. business. That's the main challenge is having the boundaries around when you talk about business and making sure there's time away from business because otherwise business becomes everything. Yeah. So yeah. Do, you, do you do that though? Do you Do you literally set aside time where it's like, we are not going to talk about business, like put the phone away, put the computer away. And that's got to be super hard, though. But do you actually are you able to do that? I think when we tend to leave the country and go somewhere really remote, it's a lot easier. But no, when it's we're not. Home... You just do Facebook Lives. <laughs> when you're, I see your Facebook Lives. You're like, I'm in Italy. I'm in Greece. I'm in like, so you're right. still sharing. You know, it's not easy to get 100% away because what yeah. we're doing, honestly, and I know I just listened to some of your episodes on the way up with Chip Conley. And one of the things mm-hmm. that he said is there's difference between uh, workaholism and having a calling. And when you've got a calling, you're being pulled forward into your work where it's the thing that you love doing more than anything else. So sometimes boundaries can be false separation. And I think it's less about boundaries and it's less even about balance than it is about just finding something where you can be fully present in whatever you're focused in at the time. Yeah. So yeah, totally I think some sense. of those concepts are just a little bit old school. You know, it's good to have boundaries, but not clear separations necessarily. Hence, yeah. hence you are living your message. I am living my message, which yeah. is the name of my company. So is that, yeah. so live your message is kind of the umbrella under which everything falls. Is that correct? That's right. Yep. So, and what are the various pieces then under live your message today? Yeah. So we have three main verticals in our company. One of them is a business training company, which is what we're most known for, where we turn entrepreneurs into online superheroes by helping them kind of step forward as the face and voice of their brand and be the boldest, most vibrant expression of who they are online so they can stand up from the noise of the most crowded market the world has ever seen, mm-hmm. have that unique message and really provide value so is that, is that like what to say or do you then position that on like I'm just trying to understand like when you say business training, what, yeah. what, what does that involve? Yeah. So business training really is, yes, what to say, but it's like, what is your business all about to begin with? How do you package yourself into products and monetize that? How do you create marketing that draw people into your world? So it's kind of the entire system, but we have a focus on the core messaging because I think a lot of people just jump right in and start doing things like Facebook ads and webinars. And if they don't really know what they're about and who they serve and they're not hyper clear and have a message that's so resonant, people are just going to tune out because Mm -hmm. there is more information in the world than we've ever seen before. 
before. Basically, Google is this gigantic river of all human knowledge and expertise since the beginning of time. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. a lot of people think that if information were enough to change people's lives, like we would all have everything we could possibly want. If you think about it, we would be living in Googletopia. We'd be happy. We'd be slender. We'd have the love of our life. We would have no problems whatsoever. But all this access to information has just actually turned out to be more of a Google apocalypse Mm -hmm. where people have more confusion, more overwhelm, less certainty of who they are and what they're all about. So Mm -hmm. really, you know, if you're not clear on what that true north is for yourself, it's going to be hard for you to be a leader to other people. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like that's the starting point. That is the starting point for sure. How do you help someone find that true north? That's a great question. So one of the things that, that I believe is that most people already know what they're here to do and what their business is going to be. But we've all been socialized by school, by our parents, by some well-meaning a-holes that we met somewhere along the way who told us what we should do and who we should be and what we should think and what business is supposed to look like. And so we kind of forget about that. So a lot of the process of dialing into what you're really all about is forgetting what you think you're supposed to be about. And most people, there's a thing that they do that's really resonant. And of course, you have to learn business strategies. You have to learn about marketing. You have to learn the core skill sets. But a lot of it's tuning in. So sometimes they help people look at the crystal ball of their past that kind of works in reverse to figure out, okay, what have you done in the past? What are the Mm -hmm. patterns of your life? What are your emotional drivers? What are your core motivations? What are your values? What are the, just the patterns that have emerged over and over and over again? And learning to read the clues to dial into your unique abilities and superpowers and figure out what are you about and how can you share that with the world? Did, did you yeah. already, did you know yours? Like what, like since this is reinvention radio, where did you start? Yeah, that's a great question. I started very different than where I ended up. I was actually a documentary filmmaker out of college. So I spent seven years in the documentary film world producing and directing films. And I got super impatient at a particular period of time where the average documentary takes three years to produce and less than a thousand people see it. So I felt like I was pouring my heart and soul into stuff that nobody would see. And by the time the films were done, the world had changed because we're moving so quickly. And Mm -hmm. so I started to think, where can I go and what can I do where... I, my, my lack of patience, because I'm a super impatient person, is not going to be a handicap. Like I can do something and instantaneously see the result of what I'm doing and get the feedback and the validation and know that I'm on the right track and make an impact much quicker. And I didn't really know what that was because I'd been an artist my whole life. So I just had a sense that maybe it was at the intersection of the Internet and uh, entrepreneurship. And I started to go out there and learn. But I was asking myself, what do I even know how to do? And having come from art school and been an artist, I was like, well, I know how to make things look good. And I know how to make things sound good. And I know how to tell a damn good story. But who the hell is going to pay me for that? Because I just thought about it from the perspective of an artist. And Mm -hmm. I had no idea that those were the core skills that defined all business and marketing. And sometimes the skills that you have, it may not seem valuable to you or it's not super valuable in the context in which you're using them, but you put them in a completely different context or market or situation. And all of a sudden it's like those skills are gold and mm-hmm. people are willing to pay you tens and tens of thousands of dollars, if not millions of dollars for them. And that's yeah. what I discovered. And one of the things is if it comes that easily to us, easy to us, then we undervalue it Yeah, because it is your superpower, mm. whatever you're doing and you can do it effortlessly, then... yeah. That's yeah, going to make you successful. And it is interesting because a lot of people that are trying to figure out, as, as I call it, what your what E is, sometimes we have those folks who go through the book or come to the reinvention workshop and, and they're like, like you said, storytellers. And it's like, well, how, how do I make money 
doing that, right? And the intersection of what it is that you're good at, what it is that you love to do, and can you actually get paid for it for a lot of people is really, really challenging. So the spin that you put on this in terms of I just I'm I'm a really good storyteller. On the surface, it's like you can't make any money doing that. But maybe just this conversation in and of itself will open up ideas for folks out there who are thinking about, like, how can I take what comes most naturally to me and monetize that? So you actually then had to spin it, but you probably stumbled around your abilities to to be able to do that, I would think, to some extent, just kind of grasping at straws for a minute, right? So how did you land your first client helping them tell stories i just want to go down that path before we get into uh the other divisions under under live your message because you got so many other fun things going on sure well i mean the first thing was i just started to put myself into the right rooms and i really think that most business is about people and who are the people that are in your lives and so i would go to events like your new media summit and Mm -hmm. meet amazing incredible people and from there the relationships just kind of unfolded and sharing what I was about, what I was working on. I got my first clients from those events, just people Mm. I met out and about in the world who shared my interest in entrepreneurship, who are building businesses and just learning how to, in some ways, I mean, our business is called live your message, but I think when you are, um, sort of emanating at the frequency of your message and you really believe it and you're fully aligned and embodied in it, people can feel that. It's like you, mm-hmm. if you've ever met someone that you wanted to just put them in a bottle and like save them for later and drink them up because they're so delicious and they're so on fire and they're so passionate. I think when you've got that, Thank you. everybody can see it. I know. I got a <laughs> bottle of Steve Ulster in my back pocket. Thank you. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. save this one for later. Yeah, no, it totally, totally makes sense. And so um, what you help them do, though, uh, under this particular uh, division, if you will, uh, under Live Your Message, is you help them in in terms of not only telling their story, but also in terms of, uh, I guess, telling their story, right? Well, from the standpoint of visually, is that is the web work and all that fun stuff that you, because you guys do amazing work. Like, thank you. Like, I will tell you that I go to a lot of conferences and I see a lot of presentations. Your slides are, I mean, 10x better than anyone else's who does. Present. I mean, your presentations are off the chart to boot, but just visually what you're able to do and what you're able to tell through your websites, through your slides and so on, I mean, it's second to none. So is that, that comes naturally to you, but is that a, a, the second piece then of uh, of that puzzle? Yeah, so what I like to say is my core gift, my superpower is to translate essence into form. So understand the essence of who somebody is and then how, how do we translate that into words, you know, the message of your business? How do we translate that into images, the brand? How do we translate that into experiences, the products, everything that you do, every single touch point? So how can you create something that's so consistent that anytime anyone engages with you everywhere, they've got a sense, they're engaging with the essence of who you are, even if you never meet them. Mm. And when you can do that, because a lot of times you go to someone's website and they're like a spiritual teacher and then the photo looks like a used car salesman and you're like, mm-hmm. what the hell? Yeah. You know, it just does not line up. And I feel I feel like most people have not done that that work, that excavation to make sure that all the signals match and they're kind of pointing in the same direction. So they're saying, you know, I'm an A player, not a bit player. I'm someone who's you need to pay attention to and also just pulling people in because mm-hmm. there's a difference between pull market where pull marketing where you're drawing people in and push marketing where you're just shoving your message down people's throats. And yeah. people really want to be intrigued. They want to be curious. They want to 
you know, you to just, uh, when you do that, when you kind of create that curiosity and that drama and that tension, they're leaning forward and they're asking you the questions. So mm-hmm. I like to actually practice saying as little as possible and have them start asking me. So it flips the table of they want the information versus I'm just giving it to them. Mm-hmm. If that yeah. makes sense. No, it totally makes mm-hmm. sense. And so the web work and all that, like, because again, the websites that I've seen you do and, and your own collateral, I mean, it's, it's absolutely top notch. I mean, they're just, there's nobody else that I know that comes even close to what you do. So under, under that division, are those some of the ways that people can work with you then is to have them uh, build a site and, and so on. I just want to make sure I'm clear on that. Yeah. So we've got the business training company and yeah. that's more of a sort of do-it-yourself, done-with-you process. So we help people kind of figure out their business from soup to nuts, their brand, their message, their marketing, their products, mm-hmm. all of it. And we train them how to do it. And we've got everything from six-week programs to year-long programs. People can be in our company for four years and go through different programs. So yeah. it's um, that's helping them. We also have a branding agency, okay. which I'm in the process of rebranding. And that's primarily working with seven, eight, and nine-figure entrepreneurs mm. who, when you check them out, you can't really tell. They don't have that alignment we were talking about and really helping them create a brand and a web presence. Mm-hmm. And then we have a third company, which is called Heroki, we're actually renaming it from heroic to Heroki. You go on the Japanese yes. route? I mean, it's, it sounds a little ja- Japanese. It is a little bit yeah. of Japanese, you know, but the Japanese know how to make things look good and work well. So um, I'm cool with that. And it's a, a website building company where we give people the tools that we create for our agency clients who are seven and eight figures and give them to people who are emerging entrepreneurs so they can go big without spending big, look like a million bucks and just have a platform that's, that's designed a, that's for a, business. That's a SaaS program, right? It's a so, software as a service, yes. Yeah, so people come on, they pay a monthly mm-hmm. fee for that, they can build all their own stuff and uh, and that's in probably what, it's 12th or 15th iteration at this point? I mean, I know you guys oh, launched that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right? It's been going on for years and we, it's so, um, but right now it's like dialed in. We finally it? got it. Yeah. Good. Yeah, congrats on that. And Thank I mean, you. obviously launching anything where people can do it for themselves and I'm sure all the pieces that go into that. I mean, people don't understand the complexities of what it takes to build something that people can drag and drop and make things look really, really awesome with. So congrats on get that on getting that dialed in. Uh but I want to go back then to uh, that first division there in terms of uh, what would fall under sort of that business training category and talk specifically then about uh, how you're really reinventing the whole online product space. Yeah. And you've got some really interesting stats as far as online training is concerned and like the number of people who – so you guys are all familiar with when, when you buy an online training program, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you, you buy it. It's usually – you know, $400 or $900 or $1,900 or whatever it is. And they've got all these modules and supposedly you run through it and it helps you with your business or in our case, you know, profiting from podcasts. That's our online training program. But you've got some really interesting stats around that that that, that shocked me. Share some of those. Yeah. So actually the studies show that 97% of people who buy an information-based product don't finish that product and get results from it. 97%. 97%. That's crazy. Yeah. That's insane. Why, why do you, and before we get into other details, why do you think that is? Well, the reason why is most trainings are based on just giving people a brain dump of information. But if you look at the way even a baby learns, a baby doesn't learn by reading an encyclopedia, right? Not how babies learn. Nope. And it, that kind of information does not work with our natural chemistry. It doesn't work with the way adults learn. It doesn't understand human motivation. It doesn't really uh, understand what makes people tick and what... What's the situation in which people are going to be not just 
have to learn, but actually closing the gap between what people have to do and what they want to do. Because when you can close the gap between what people have to do and what they want to do, you can help them win at the game of life while having a whole lot of fun and feeling motivated and inspired to move forward, take huge action and get massive results. And when you can do that, people will buy from you over and over again. So Mm -hmm. we've basically created a new type of product instead of information products. I've been working on developing a new type of product called experience products that are designed to work with our natural brain chemistry, understand how adults learn, and understand, also pull in like some of the um, core principles from gamification. Because Mm -hmm. if you look at the self-paced learning market, it's actually declined 7% last year, and it's declined for three years straight. It's an industry that's basically peaked and is on the decline. But if you look at the gap and aim in the game and app industry, gap and aim, you know, <laughs> game, game and, and app, yep. yeah, you know, the game and app that industry, one. it actually boomed 270% this year alone. So they understand how to captivate human attention mm-hmm. in ways that most educators don't, which is why even in this country, our education system is pretty darn broken. Yeah. And that also translates to the way people are creating online courses and trainings and products too. Yeah. So are you, are you having them do the work during the training or what what exactly does that look like oh yeah well, hold on hold on so i mean let's i want to get to that but i, I also want to have you finish up the stats and then share what you've seen stat wise and then that segues perfectly into richie's question so that we can talk about what you're doing there but what just finish out with the with the stats around that yeah because it, it, they're shocking yeah you mean that what we've created yeah, yeah, yeah so basically the i've developed something called the experience formula which are 10 critical elements that when you stack them in your programs you create a phenomenon called experience escalation where you help people almost get hooked or addicted on your programs and taking action and transforming their lives for the better and build unstoppable momentum from what i call mission to mission accomplished from saying yes to whatever it is that you're going to have them do to actually crossing the finish line And what we've seen is we've seen anywhere from 50 to 92% completion and success rates, where the industry average is 3%. So simply by working with human motivation, simply by understanding the way adults learn, and understanding how do you bring the most compelling and addictive aspects of gamification, but instead of using them to get people hooked on silly games and Mm -hmm. wasting their time, actually use them to get people hooked on transforming their lives for the better and achieving the most important goals and desires they have in their life. Yeah. So yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So to Richie's point, then, what? So you. So what did you call them? You call them the ten. What did you call them? The ten critical elements. Ten it's critical what, yes. elements. Yeah. And, and so this applies. I mean, I would think this could apply to a number of different categories, but certainly in terms of online training and these sort of programs. Uh, that you know, it's interesting to know that the numbers are on the decline in terms of people enrolling. I assume, like you mean, through like a a Udemy or or through some of those platforms, some of those numbers are on yep. the decline. That's interesting because you, I would think that online learning actually would be growing as as a category. But you're saying it's actually it's, it's actually contracting right now. Yeah, because the thing is, is most people are used to getting information for free. Well, that's so true. if you can yeah. go to YouTube and basically that's a gigantic online course library for you to learn for free. Yeah. Then what incentive do people have to take your program? So. If you're not doing something and experiencifying your program, which is what we do when we create experience products, mm-hmm. then there's no reason for them to pay information for stuff that they can find for free somewhere else. Because, And here's the thing that's really interesting. Harvard University and the top Ivy League schools in our country are actually putting their entire course catalogs online for free because they understand that the value a 
of an Ivy League education is not actually the, the courses itself. It's the whole experience around it. So mm-hmm. if Harvard, that costs over $30,000 a year, yeah, yeah, the contacts and the relationships, and Wait, the same is true. a year? No. It's over 30. It's like 40-something, or what is I don't uh, even yeah, know. I was going to say Harvard's going to be like 100. I was going to say like Harvard's going to be 100 a year. No way. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Got, yeah, well, right? So even more of a reason yes. for you to experience. experience totally. Uh, how do you say that? Experiencify. Experiencify. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so so let's go then through Richie's question um, in terms of so what what are you what are you doing? I assume this ties back then to the ten critical, critical elements, elements. Yes, yeah. right? Yeah, so, yes. about that. Well, first of all, I wanted to say that this experience formula that I'm going to talk to you about this ten critical elements yeah. of the experience formula it can be applied to a lot of different things, not just online courses, trainings, you know, information based products, group programs, but it can also be applied to one on one coaching, consulting, service based businesses, and even marketing. Hmm. Because some things that people don't know is data science. If you look at the most recent data science, I've got some friends who are data scientists that if you can get people to do three things, three micro actions, or what I even call nano actions, hmm. they're a lot more likely to buy from you. So what would be an example of a, of a nano action or micro yeah. action? So a nano action can be as subtle as And is say, this one of the 10, by the way? Is, um, uh, well, this, well, actually, this is separate. Constant wins is number four. So this is similar to constant wins. So constant okay. wins is the fourth critical element. And the idea of constant wins is most information and transformation, you're kind of dropping people into these gigantic projects or goals and whether it's, you know, finding their love of their life or, mm-hmm. you know, making $100,000 in their business. Getting or, to be a guest on podcast, yes, right? Like profiting becoming a podcast, podcast guest, sure. or achieving enlightenment or whatever it happens to be. They're these massive processes. So it's super easy to get demotivated along the way if you're not seeing wins and validation and successes. But most programs, I mean, when I used to take these programs, there'd be a whole module just telling you why it was a good idea that you bought the program mm. and trying to set you up and contextualize you for success. And you've just trained people for hours, potentially, to not do anything, right? Mm. So with constant wins... Because it's just talking it's just without talking. any sort of action, like it's just mindset without yeah. action, so to speak? Yep, a lot of it is. So okay. what I do is I think about... What do I do from moment one of day one when someone hits the register button for one of my programs? And from moment one of day one, I get them started taking action and winning the game. And I ramp them up from small, simple actions to larger and larger actions. Because what happens as the whole reward center in our brain is um, when we're succeeding, we get this rush of dopamine and this rush of serotonin, a cocktail of happy emotions. Yeah. So So let's talk about that. I don't want want you to gloss over that. So if somebody signs up, then like what would be one of the immediate nano actions that you have someone take? Yeah. So for example, the very first thing that they do on the welcome page is I have them watch the first training. So the first training that they're doing in say my new experience product masterclass is what I call the show me the money video. And in the show me the money video, I want to show them how they can put the money they just invested in the program back in their pocket as quickly as possible. Mm. And so I have them set minimum target and stretch goals and I give them formulas based on if they've never made a product before, if they've done a product, if they're already making a certain amount of money, there's different formulas for how to calculate their minimum, their target and their stretch goals. So they already know at the end of the very first training before we've done anything else, how they're going to get to mission accomplished. Mm-hmm. And that's the, the, the win state. What does the win state look like? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's and just, just so mm-hmm. I'm clear. Are you saying that you take the first module out of the training and you put that on the thank you page? Not the first module, the first training in the first module. The f- oh, because you, when you do modules, you break them down into different sort of 
smaller because you're probably all about like you said the the, the small co- victories here wins, yeah. yeah so well, you probably break down all of your modules into much smaller bite-sized absolutely pieces, so every pieces. single time that anybody does anything with us they're not going to just consume they're actually going to be taking action and they're going to their actions going to be validated so for example we gamify our membership site where we deliver the program so when someone watches a training, they click a button, so they physically check off a box, you hear a ka-ching sound, mm. and you see a little ticker at the bottom of the membership site go up, and basically they can see that they've just earned a point for watching. But they get two points for taking an action. So And then it goes ka-ching, ka-ching, and they take the action, and they get two points for it. So they're actually checking off and seeing validation of progress. And every single training has an action associated with it. So there is no training without an action, because mm, so why just I, do information? I noticed a bunch of people writing stuff on there. Are they getting points for commenting? Right. Yeah, no, yeah. Yeah. Well, actually, in marketing, when you can get people to comment, that is one of the micro-actions mm-hmm. that's going to help them be more likely to buy from you later on. So you said, I'm sorry, let's just go back, because there's a million things here, but I just want to make sure we don't miss this. So you said to get folks more in the sort of in the ready mm-hmm. to enroll in a product program or service. You said if you can get them to take three actions, what did you say about yeah, the three actions? Three actions. They're way more likely to buy from you. So it's not just about watching trainings, but actually engaging with your content and engaging with you. Mm-hmm. Some people might do that by having a challenge associated with it. Other times it could be getting people to comment. Other times it's like exercises that you actually embed in your training. You can even have people take an action. But if I were to say something along the lines of, all right, let me give you an example. Um, so when I first started to discover this is I was super frustrated because I had created six products and I poured my heart and soul into them, and they were really good trainings. But people were not finishing. You're talking them. like online, online products. courses, okay. and things like yeah. that. Okay, yeah, so and you people were six of them. Six, I had six of them. I made six of them, and people were not finishing them and getting the results that I promised. And so that was really frustrating because I started to feel out of integrity selling and marketing these products if the vast majority of people weren't finishing them and getting results. And that's yeah. what's happening to all of our peers. It's not just me. It was happening to everybody. And when I asked my peers that, they just said some people aren't meant to be successful. And I kind of was like, That bullshit. was the response? That was the response wow. that people were saying. I'm like, bullshit. What yeah, is our responsibility to set them up for success and create a game that they could win, mm-hmm. right? It's interesting. I'm, I'm hearing, I always like listen between the lines, and it's almost like the artist in you was noticing patterns. And like I just heard patterns in everything you just said, too. Like the three actions is very similar to like the multi-level, get three people signed up, get your product free, right? So mm-hmm. you're giving them, take these three actions. It's some, some form of way to get your money back in your product. That feels like a little win, right? Mm-hmm. So now it's all upside house money or whatever you want to call it from there. Also, like I do a lot of work with SaaS companies and that first 30 days of the onboarding process makes or breaks oh, yeah. whether they're going to stick with them, right? Mm-hmm. And so just these patterns just seem to be consistent. And I'm wondering if the artist in you started to notice. I mean, obviously you have business skills, but do you, do you feel like that artist comes in in this gamification process? Oh, for sure. So it's really interesting. Now um, MFAs, Master of Fine Arts, get paid more than Master of Business. And if you look at the way really? that automation and outsourcing is going, almost everything that humans do will be automated in the future. Mm-hmm. There won't be people working at McDonald's. There won't be people doing so many things. But the thing that you can't replace is human creativity. Mm-hmm. So the entertainment industries will never go out of date. It's one of the reasons why you're seeing education and entertainment start to overlap a lot more. Yeah. So really, it's the creativity, which is the skill set of the next century. 
Mm-hmm. And I want to do this because we're not going to have time to dive deep into each of these 10 critical elements, but can you just run us through what the 10 are? If you yes. remember, you probably do because you do I this do. all the time. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we can just run through what they are uh, on sort of a, you know, on a top level here, and then we'll probably have time to dig into a couple of these. Um, but I'd love to just get that on the table in terms of what those 10 critical elements are. I mean, we know that number four now is constant winds yes. and those nano actions and all. Uh, let, let's start at the top with number one and and, uh, and let's just run through those and then let's let's dive mm-hmm. in as much as we can. Okay, so number one is mission. And it's not like I have a personal mission. What happens is most products says you don't know what winning looks like. And people can't win the game if they don't know precisely what winning looks like. Mm-hmm. And winning has to be a binary state. It's either a yes or a no. It's an on or an off. It's a black or a white. It's not like I kind of did this and I kind of got some results. So we can use Profiting from Podcasts then as an example as we run through these. So the mission would be yes, you got booked on a show or no, you didn't. Is yes. that an example? That is an example. Okay. Yep. Okay. Uh-oh. Okay, lose. I lost my Facebook Live. No worries. Oh, well. Let's keep running. Uh-huh. So, yeah. so number so that's number one. Yep. yep. And number two. So number two is future self vision. So mission is the what. What exactly are they going to do in a specific time frame? Future self vision is the so what or the why. Why mm. is this actually going to make a difference for them? And being hyper specific and clear about the why. And the next one, which is the bird's eye view, mm-hmm. is actually the um, how. So people need to understand how they're going to win the games and what the rules of the game look like. And so that's the how, the bird's eye view. It's like seeing an aerial map of the terrain before you begin a journey. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it almost sounds a little bit like the product launch formula, so to speak, right? Or I mean, because this is almost like it almost sounds blueprint ish, right? Uh, well, let, let me continue with the whole okay, thing. Okay, sure. Yeah. So, you know, so it's the what, the why, and the how is super important. People don't get hyper clear and specific about this, they think they know what they're selling. But they know what they're selling. They're not knowing what people are actually going to receive from their product. And that's a very different thing. Mm-hmm. So I've got, for example, a whole formula for defining your mission statement. And you simply, I stole it from the mission impossible movies, but I call it the mission possible statements. Just your mission, should you choose to accept it, is blank. Mm. And that automatically forces you to think about what's the mission that your customer, your student, your client is accepting versus what is it that you want to give them. Mm-hmm. So for our experience product masterclass, your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to design, market, and make $2,000 or a whole lot more from an experienced product in 10 weeks or less. You know wow. exactly what you're doing, and you know exactly how long it's going to take you, and it's incontrovertible whether you've done it or you haven't done it. You can wrap a guarantee around it. Mm-hmm. You can wrap all kinds of things around this once you're super clear on exactly what's going on. So we've got mission. We've got future self-vision, bird's eye view, constant, c- constant wins, wins yeah. normalizing challenges. So normalizing challenges is the only one that does not was not pulled from gamification and things like that. Because here's the thing. What we're doing with experienced products is we're not trying to create escapism. We're trying to help people reach escape velocity. And what I mean by that is reach the escape velocity to actually change their lives for the better and escape the gravitational pull of the way things are. Get them on a trajectory. Yeah. So when you're saying normalizing challenges, you're not talking about um, resilience, although it could be a form of resilience, you're talking more of like a paradigm shift of what a challenge is. Well, no matter what, if someone's trying to change their life for the better and do something outside of their comfort zone or achieve a big goal or a project that they've never done before, it's going to be hard, right? Mm-hmm. And they're going to hit challenges. But all marketing is about this is fast, this is easy, this is just at the push of a button. 
And what happens is people get sold these promises of fast, easy success and glory, and then they get in and it's freaking hard and they're not prepared for it. So it's the opposite. Each one of these principles actually has an opposite. So the opposite of normalizing challenges is what I call the everything is awesome approach, right? Mm -hmm. And so each one of these has an opposite. And when you have the opposites in your product, you create what I call the downward death spiral, which is frustration, overwhelm, people giving up on their hopes and dreams and walking away from the product, which is what most information-based products Mm do. Yeah. But I'm just talking about the positive principles here. So, you know, principle number six is peak emotional experiences. So it's not just teaching to people's heads, but teaching to people's hearts and to the whole of who they are as human beings. And a lot of art, you know, the discovery process can be done in a way that creates peak experiences where people are surprised, they're, they're delighted, their whole senses are engaged and not just their minds, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. After that, we've got feedback loops. So, you know, most times in programs, it's the opposite of feedback loops as um, anonymity, where people feel like nobody's watching, their success doesn't matter, nobody yeah. sees what's going on for them. Feedback loops have them constantly getting validation that what they're doing is making a difference and somebody's noticing. Is and that it's automated changing. validation? Is that uh, both. live validation? It's, uh, it's both. both. You can do it automatically, but it's even stronger when you do it in a way that has a real life component, which takes advantage of uh, critical element number eight, which is community. Community. Yeah, community is a big one. And then there's critical element number nine, which is what I call unstoppable momentum. And it's an emergent characteristic that happens when you start to stack all of these things together, but it also relates to the core structure of your product. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times with unstoppable momentum... It's how do you sequence everything so you're building from small, simple actions to bigger and bigger actions. So it's actually proven that there's a skill-challenge ratio that humans can sustain, um, you know, growth and evolution. So if you're always at 4% higher of a challenge rate than your level of skill, it's easy to keep going. And some of the top, like, people who've, like, X games and stuff. Mm -hmm. They understand that where they push themselves just enough every single day. You can actually rapidly iterate to very, very high levels of skill if you get the challenge skill ratio right. So unstoppable momentum is understanding the challenge skill ratio of having people feel challenged, which draws them forward, but not so challenged where they feel frustrated. And this is also part of gamification because the top games on the planet raise the challenge level about 25% per level. Mm. You know, when it's real life, you probably want to raise it a little bit lower per level if possible. And unstoppable momentum is also about understanding the gaps and the friction points in any kind of process Mm -hmm. and addressing them so they don't stop people. Mm -hmm. And then the ninth, uh, that's the ninth element. The 10th element is mission accomplished. So this is what happens when someone hits the finish line. And a lot of people don't celebrate and their programs end with a whimper instead of a bang. And mission accomplished is really about celebrating completion and providing the next step on the journey. Mm -hmm. So I also help people create entire experience product suites that inspire more people to invest more money more often in you to make a bigger difference in your life. Because if you've done what very few people have done, Mm -hmm. which is get people the results that they desire, then they're way more likely to buy from you again and again. And so the mission accomplished is both giving someone a sense of completion on what they've done and providing the next steps on the journey, which usually is continuing to work with you. And I've done everything like um, at the end of our year-long mentorship program, I rent a boat in the marina and we take all of our students out and we do this, like we record an epic mannequin challenge, you know, where everyone's striking a pose. Mm. And we have this thing that becomes this viral thing where they can see um, what 
like how excited they are and how much their lives has changed from a year before when they came in. And then I get to show this mission accomplished video to people who are just coming in to say, this is what you are going to look like. And this is how you're going to feel a year from now. That's right? awesome. Yeah. Plus yeah. they want to keep feeling that way. Yes, they do. Right? Yeah. And then they're even calling this the experience economy these days too. I mean, mm-hmm. think about it from like, whether it's the festivals that people are going to, or yeah, you can go to a regular com- uh, concert, or you can go to, you know, Kaboo. Coachella, Kaboo, mm-hmm. like, you know, yeah. Huge well, ones, look so. at Airbnb. There's a zillion uh, experiences that you can go on through Airbnb worldwide, from surfing to mountain climbing, and somebody's going to help you take you there. So, I want to ask you a quick question. Going back to creating the course, it's kind of like the adage that if you have a self-help book, no one gets past the third chapter. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know why that is. Maybe because the author's not gamifying it to say, hey, I'm giving you this tidbit here. Maybe one spending too much time on the intro mm-hmm. instead of really getting them excited yeah. out of the gate. Yeah. Yeah. No, a lot of books are based on a pretty old school format. You know, one of the reasons why I like more multimedia is that you can integrate audio, you can integrate video, you can integrate physical actions, you can integrate Facebook groups and communities. You can actually be working on people in so many different ways. Mm -hmm. And we do things like we run um, having this point system in our membership site. We can log into the back end at any point in time and see what's the average. Is is the group as a whole kind of dipping or where are they? And then if they're dipping, we, we do these weekly leaderboards. So we actually report on where people are in relation to where they want to be, and we can run jump contests. So we say everyone who jumps 20 points by X date and X time is going to get a T-shirt, and we've sent hundreds of T-shirts around the world um, all over the place. And you know, by doing that, we can also see if anyone's like not logged on for a while or if they're not accumulating points, and we actually send a, a call campaign. We start in Mission Unengaged Student Rescue Campaign. <laughs> That's hilarious. And the team goes yeah. and starts calling them and texting them. And I had one student, Jennifer Holbus, who basically got called during that campaign. And she came back into the program. She said not for herself, but because someone cared enough and noticed that she was struggling. And where in the past she would have just checked out, she leaned in because we called and checked on her. She ended up doing $250,000 in the program and completely revolutionized her business because we checked in on her when she fell out of the loop. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, for sure. So this also fills the want for people to have somewhere to go online to feel good as a respite away from, like, if your product is mobile, Mm -hmm. I don't know if it is, but if it were mobile and they're standing in line at the bank, they might be able to go in and check something because we want to have an escape. That's why people like apps. They like apps and games because they can go and just get a little bit of an escape. But if it's an experience, a learning tool, Mm -hmm. and they're enjoying it, that's like trifecta. Absolutely. And, you know, all of these principles actually do stem from gamification if you look at it. Because if you look at Mission, for example, you know, even if it's freaking Candy Crush, right? So Candy Crush, you know exactly what you need to do. You need to line up these three pieces of candy, right, in order for the row to drop out. And you understand, you know, the, the reason why, why it's important. If you do it in a certain period of time, you get to the next level. Now, that's not freaking life-changing. And the thing is, is that and people don't have to do Candy Crush, but they do most likely have to do what it is that you have to offer. Mm-hmm. So if you can apply the same principles but have it be around something that's meaningful and life-changing, then, you know, 
you win the internet. Yeah, you win. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. And, and so, as you, I just want to make sure I'm, I'm clear on this. Then, so as you get people to go through the the program here, and obviously it, it's sort of like no student left behind, yeah. right? I mean, you, mm-hmm. you follow up with text, you follow up with call, you make sure that they're they're on it, they're getting what they intended to get out of this. Do, have you found then that this is, mm, and you'll share as much actual data or metrics behind this as you want to. Uh, but I'm just curious in terms of um, moving people into additional products, additional programs, additional services. Do you find that the majority of your higher end clients come from this first major touch point where they're able to then invest, you know, a couple grand, right, to work with you and create this? Do you do you find that the conversion rate into your 10, 20,000, 40,000, 50,000 dollar type packages. Do, do you find the majority of those people come from those who have gone through this or I'm, I'm just curious yeah, in so terms of how that works. It's always a mix, you know. Yeah. Um, so we have people who go into our back end programs who've never met us before or just come to a live event with me and mm-hmm. whatever it happens to be and then we have a lot of people who progress on, but mm-hmm. we definitely have a higher progression rate than you know the average bear, especially from our entry level products yeah. into the higher end programs. Yeah. So as you move forward, then are, are you going to make? Because my my assumption is that the platform on which you release and have your students go through the Experience Product Masterclass, my assumption is that that is something that you guys built, right? I mean, you're not it using. Is. Yeah. So we have um, a partnership with a membership site platform. So when people sign up to join us in the Experience Product Masterclass they get a three-month subscription to a membership site platform that doesn't do exactly what we do, but it does do um, wins and student engagement and Mm -hmm. progress tracking. So Mm -hmm. we find a way to give them the tools, and that comes bundled in with the product. It does. Yeah. Is that a company you're willing to share, or do they have to come into the to the program to, to get access to what that one is. Come to the program. Come to the program. Because we have a special template that we've created with them. Mm-hmm. So it's a special experience product template that mm-hmm. we've been working on. Mm-hmm. So um, that includes some features that don't actually exist in outside of it. Yeah. And you, you actually don't open up the experience product masterclass. Uh, is that what it's called? I just want to make sure. It I'm, is the experience yeah. product masterclass. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you actually don't open that up like all year long, right? This is this because is, you take people through this. Live, right? Yeah. So there's actually live training that goes hand in hand with it. So how often can people enroll into EPM? Actually, just once a year. Oh, just once a year? Yeah. Wow. Yep. So just once a Okay. And we're here, you know, getting towards the end of September. Uh, I think, aren't we pretty close to We are opening? pretty close. Yeah. So when, yeah. when are you launching the new class here for EPM? It launches in October. In October. Yeah. Okay. So I knew, I knew it was close. So we're right there. Um, so maybe what we can do is, um, I think the best way to do it is, uh, and, and Kelly, uh, take note, let's do something like reinventionradio.com forward slash Marisa. Okay. Uh, let's do that. So reinventionradio.com forward slash Marisa, M-A-R-I-S-A. Uh, and we'll we'll get folks over to, I know you have a lot of, uh, well, you can you can share this, but some of the things when you launch, you share a lot of free tools oh, yeah. and resources and whatnot that can really help people. So, I mean, even if they don't want to en- enroll for whatever reason, can't, whatever. I mean, we're not going to get into that discussion. But if it doesn't work at this moment for them to enroll in EPM, there are still a lot of free trainings and resources and so on that you do provide during your launch period. Y- give us an understanding of what some of those are. And, sure. uh, and again, uh, we'll make this really easy for you guys. So you can just go to reinventionradio.com forward slash Marisa, M-A-R-I-S-A. Uh, and then you'll be able to access whatever is going on in that moment. Uh, but share with us some of the things that uh, folks can get and what what happens during your launch. 
Absolutely. So for one, I mean, I share the, the secrets of the game and app industry. So really understanding what games and apps are doing and how they relate to these 10 principles. And I also mm-hmm. go through all 10 of the core critical experiences in greater depth so you can understand them mm-hmm. and show you the blueprint for understanding not just how to experimentify your product, but how do you even go about thinking about the positioning of the product? How do you market it? How do you launch it? How do you deliver it? Kind of thinking through all the different steps to have a successful and lucrative product too, mm-hmm. and not just an experimentified product. So we we share a lot. We also share more about the critical psychology. I share the entire experience escalation framework and the downward death spiral, or what what the elements are that you want to avoid in your programs if mm-hmm. you don't want to send most people into frustration and overwhelm. Mm-hmm. And then you lay out, uh, well, shall we call it the blueprint, if you will, of what the experience product. Uh, masterclass really is or what an experienced product really should be. So, you, I mean, obviously you got the downside, but you got the, the upside too, right? I mean, you share a lot of what is what, what makes for um, a, a good experiential, ex- experiencified uh, product as well, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and I share a lot of examples too. So you can see here's examples from the real world of people who are doing it and what it is that they've done and what I've done, what yeah. I did before, what I do now. Of course, I share my story of how I discovered the entire thing and mm-hmm. started experimenting with it too. So yeah. you can understand where these ideas come from. Yeah. So again, we'll, we'll put everything there at reinventionradio.com forward slash Marisa M-A-R-I-S-A. But I, I mm-hmm. One wanna, S. What, did I say two S? Nope. I'm just saying. Yes. Most people say right two, so I'm just saying it's one. So we're heading towards wrap up here, but I just need to get this out on the table. In your mind, do you think that I know that the well, the statistics show that uh, engagement, as you, as you said, is 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 down. Sales are are down. Do you think that online products and online teaching and online courses? Do you do you think this is it's dead? I think that the old way is quickly dying. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing: when you have new information like what I've just shared with you here, you've got a few choices. You know, you could keep doing things the old way, which is kind of like trying to you know, save a burning building with a giant fire hose, right? Mm -hmm. Or you could try to build a new house that's fire resistant, you know, that's not going to go up in flames. And so I've really been experimenting and I've taught, you know, I've shared these principles with probably 100,000 people and I've personally trained over 1,000 people to create experience products and the success rates are just off the charts. And I've had a lot of industry leaders coming to me to learn this as well. And mm-hmm. I've been asked to go on stage in so many of the different big industry conferences at this yeah. point too, because clearly this is the future. You know, if we continue as an industry to let our students, clients, and customers down, the industry will continue to decline. And honestly, 2017 was the roughest year for many of my peers. And many of them saw their businesses drop 30 to 50%. But our business, I mean, last year, 2016, and our business still grew 50%. So because we're doing this, we're actually been defying the trends, we're defying the economy because mm-hmm. when you can help people get results, they're willing to pay for it. Yeah. And is this applicable for any industry? I mean, can you create uh, an experience product for any industry or is there a, a limit in your mind in terms of the industries that this makes the most sense for? Yeah, so I've had people create this um, in the financial services industry. I've had people create experience products on about trading. I've had people who are working with um, trauma victims creating experience products. Hmm. So I think that it can be, as long as you're working with people, I mean, I think if you're just primarily working with animals, maybe it wouldn't work. But mm-hmm. if you're working with humans, we're all hardwired in the same way, yeah. right? 
We're hardwired to want to feel like we're winning the game. We're hardwired to want to improve our lives. We're hardwired to need to see the relevance of what we're doing and to get the validation that we're on the right track. We're hardwired for community. We're tribe-based animals. So all of these principles are based on our hardwiring. It's why Facebook and Instagram and and, Facebook you know, Frontier is the latest sensation, are all uh, game sensation, are all captivating people's attention. And I think, in addition to being in an experience economy, I think we're actually in an attention economy. Mm. And money follows attention, mm-hmm. right? Definitely. So, the reason why there's, I think it's like, um, I can't remember the exact number of billions of dollars that are being invested in social media advertising every single year. But it's because those platforms have, are using many of these principles mm-hmm. to and, gain attention. Yeah, to, to gain, gain attention, attention, to get loyal, to get uh, ad dollars. Mm-hmm. So when you're able to work with the same attention factors, but use it to change people's lives, because you can use this stuff for good or you can use it for bad. And I want you to use it for good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Eve, I was going to say, even old money or the bigger companies, Fox, like putting in millions to buy, like get, invest in like Caffeine TV and these different companies that mm-hmm. have the attention. Yeah. Right. So they, they don't know how to do it. They just saw everything change before their eyes. They're like, well, we'll just go invest in them or buy them. Or, right. You know. So any any final thoughts here around this this whole reinvention, if you will, of, of online products or the creation of experience products? Just uh, any final thoughts around that? Well, I think at the end of the day, what it's really about is closing the gap between what people have to do and what they want to do. Mm-hmm. And when um, this emerged in 2016, when I first started experimenting with this, it was the summer that Pokemon Go became this global phenomenon. Mm-hmm. And my husband and I went off to Italy, and I think we left on June 10th, and we came back on July 16th. And when we left, Pokemon Go did not exist. And in the six weeks that we were away, it became this global phenomenon where I think it made something like $200 million in that first month. Mm. And people were literally stampeding through the streets. To try to, to catch one of those little critters. To catch the yeah. little critters on their cell phone. And I'm talking about grown adults. I'm not talking yeah. about children. Grown adults Falling like were stampeding. Yeah, yes. They, they almost the caused street. as much traffic as these new scooters. Yes. Yeah, right. So, But then what I want you to do for a second, though, is to close your eyes and just imagine that you have people literally running mm. to take action and get results through your products. Because that's entirely possible mm-hmm. when you use these principles. So if you can close your eyes and imagine the same kind of stampedes and fervor that Pokemon Go was causing, that you can actually inspire that in your students, clients, and customers. And when you understand how to work with human motivation, the natural reward center, both the social reward center and all the different kinds of reward centers in our brain, Mm -hmm. and you actually build products that are designed to work with the way that we're actually hardwired to learn, both as children and also as grown adults, then anything becomes possible. Mm -hmm. And it's not about dumping more information on people, because if that were working, we would be in Googletopia, like I said, but we're not. So it really is figuring out how do you create products that are designed, that are human-centered, that really understand, because when you do, like I said, you can really inspire people to do almost anything and change their lives for the better. Yeah, that's awesome. And so... Uh, as I said, we'll we'll set it up at reinventionradio.com forward slash Marisa, M-A-R-I-S-A, one S there. Uh, but if, uh, and you can get lots of information on the launch of uh, the Experience Product Masterclass and all the freebies and everything else you're going to be giving away. Again, we'll, we'll direct people there. But uh, where, where else should people go online to get more information about you and all the fun stuff that you're up to? Yeah, absolutely. So if you go to liveyourmessage.com, that's our core website. Mm-hmm. And if you want to find out more about what we were talking about in terms of 
finding out what your business is all about, your yeah. true north is all about. I've got a webinar uh, masterclass that's free that you can sign up for at startwithyou.com forward slash masterclass. So if you go to startwithyou.com forward slash masterclass, there's a whole webinar on the seven, you know, uh, the seven things that your business has to have. Yeah, awesome. All right, Marisa Murgatroyd, really appreciate you being here for Mary Goulet and Richie Ote and White Wade and Kelly Pelker. I'm Steve Olsher, and we'll talk to you guys next time here on Reinvention Radio. Take care. You just got dismantled. Thanks for listening to Reinvention Radio. For more information about the show and your host, Steve Olsher, visit reinventionradio.com. Attention coaches, authors, speakers, and business owners. Please pay close attention to what I'm about to say if you want to secure massive visibility fast and generate thousands of highly qualified leads without spending a dime on advertising or marketing. The easiest way to make this happen is to appear as a guest on the world's most popular podcast. We recently came across an awesome resource that provides detailed contact information for 240 new media influencers who are looking for guests just like you. It's called the Ultimate Directory, and for a limited time, you can get the preview edition of the directory absolutely free. That's right, for free. It's time for you to get the visibility you and your business deserve and connect with the world's leading icons of influence who can make you famous with the push of a button. Get your free preview edition of the Ultimate Directory right now at www.myultimatedirectory.com. That's myultimatedirectory.com.